0: Have you ever heard the phrase living life in default mode? Or what about living on autopilot? Going through the motions even. Most of the time, those descriptors have a pretty negative connotation. And if you're listening to this podcast, I know that you are someone who wants a life that's fulfilling and full of joy, not a life that's gray and blah and boring, right? But here's the thing, sometimes autopilot can actually be a great thing to have in our lives. Hey, friends, and welcome to Episode 62 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman-Kornick, and today's episode is all about habits. Yep, those itty bitty building blocks of our lives that have the ability to do wondrous things for our health, well being, and success. Although bad habits totally have the ability to wreck your life, in this episode, we're keeping things positive and focusing on implementing the good ones. Whether you're tuning in as this episode is released in January 2021, or maybe you're listening as the leaves are turning in October, We're always on the hunt for new, good habits, regardless of the time of year. Meal planning, exercising, waking up earlier, less screen time. The possibilities are endless. And while it's super easy to come up with a whole laundry list of habits you'd like to add to your life, the tough part comes with making them a day-to-day reality. So in this episode, I'm sharing why putting yourself on autopilot with good habits is actually a great thing, and the key to staying motivated when it comes to sticking with a habit. Then I'm diving into three ways that you can take your habits from ideas to action, plus one bonus tip you won't want to miss. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and listening in the car while you're running errands, or maybe you're folding laundry or doing stuff around the house, it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes. Don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes. And today's show notes can be found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 62. I've also got you covered if you haven't had a chance to set your goals for the year ahead yet. If I'm going to be perfectly honest, as of this recording, I haven't charted out my goals for the year yet either. And last year, I didn't sit down and put pen to paper until around January 20th. But I knew that I had nothing to worry about because of my simple three-part system for getting it done and making things happen. And if you're thinking, what's the point? It's already January. Well, let me tell you that it is never too late to set goals and create your intention for the year. And if you wanna partner in the process, make sure to get your hands on my free 2021 Plan with Purpose Checklist Bundle, which includes my plan to plan checklist, everything I do, and all the supplies I use to set myself up for success for planning my year ahead. Plus, you'll find the 29 questions I ask myself each year to plan with purpose. I've already heard from so many of you who have started planning your year with the checklist, and I am loving all the photos shared on Instagram of you putting up your calendars and setting up theme days. You can find the 2021 plan with purpose checklist over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 62. And whether you're new to the podcast or you've been listening for a while, if you haven't yet, I encourage you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. And if you like what you hear, you know I would be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. And plus, I'd love to give you a shout out and thank you personally for your review in a future episode.
1: If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna dearman Cornick. When we think of living life on autopilot, we
0: often picture someone going through the motions without a whole lot of zest for life, right? At least that's what I picture. Wake up, get dressed, go to work. Come home from work, heat up a lead in cuisine, watch Netflix, scroll Instagram, go to bed, repeat. Not a ton of variation or joy in that picture. Definitely no zest or excitement. It just sounds kind of gray or beige. Greige and boring. But it's possible to strike a balance between a full and fulfilling life and one that includes a healthy bit of autopilot. And you might already be living parts of your life on autopilot without realizing it, and that's perfectly okay. A good thing, even. It's estimated that the average adult makes about 35,000 remotely conscious decisions each day. And if you get around seven hours of sleep, that comes out to around 2,000 decisions an hour. Yeah, so that's a lot. And this past year, when the coronavirus flipped our lives upside down, we very suddenly found ourselves having to make way more decisions than usual about how to work, where to work, how to do virtual school, and work from home with kids, not to mention remembering to have a mask or two on hand anytime you leave the house. I mean, raise your hand if you've ever had to do the walk of shame back to your car after forgetting your mask right before walking into a building. Forming new habits is hard, especially when they aren't super fun and don't naturally fit into our existing lifestyle. Cue the decision fatigue. The feeling we experience when we've made so many decisions in a single day that our decision-making abilities gradually get weaker and weaker. This is why so many bad decisions happen in the evenings. By the way, if you haven't noticed, it's a lot easier to stick to your diet in the morning than it is to avoid the ice cream calling to you from the freezer after dinner. Making something a habit is like Putting yourself on autopilot and you don't waste precious, limited decision making energy. Author John C. Maxwell once said, Life is a matter of choices, and every choice you make makes you. So obviously, you want to set yourself up to make the best choices you can because your life depends on it. No pressure, right? And When we take something that's good and enhances our life, like meal planning or less screen time or something similar and make that a habit, that's a good kind of autopilot that helps us put more energy and effort into that sparkly zest for life kind of living we want to do. So now that we're all on the same page about autopilot being a good thing when it comes to good habits, let's zoom in on what a habit actually is. So this makes me picture watching a video in science class a million years ago about atoms, how atoms are already super tiny building blocks of matter, but even atoms can be broken down into even smaller parts. And so it is with habits. Habits can be broken down into three parts, the cue, the routine, and the reward. For more reading on habits, check out Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit. He uses this three-part breakdown of habits, cue, routine, and reward. Another super popular book on habits is Atomic Habits by James Clear. In his book, Clear breaks down habits even further into four parts, the cue, the craving, the response, and the reward. So my 2021 word of the year is simplify, so I'm going to stick with doing's three-part breakdown for this episode, but I wanted to give you a heads up that there are a few different schools of thought on the parts of a habit. Anyway, habits can be broken down into three parts. The cue, the routine, and the reward. So the cue is the thing that happens that makes you think of doing the habit. You might think of it as a trigger or a reminder. The routine is doing the habit. And the reward is how you feel after you do the habit. Or it could be an external reward. More on that later. Since so many of you have reached out recently with questions about forming a meal planning habit, I'll use meal planning as an example. And if you're not familiar with the life-changing concept of meal planning, it's basically mapping out what you'll eat for either the week ahead or maybe even the month ahead, making your grocery list, and then sticking to that plan. It makes life so much easier because it eliminates that frantic, oh my gosh, it's 645 and I'm starving and we only have two eggs and a bottle of hot sauce in the fridge feeling. (laughs) So if the cue is the thing that happens that makes you think of doing the habit. For meal planning, that cue might be an alarm or a reminder that dings on your phone every Sunday morning, reminding you to meal plan. The routine is then sitting down to plan your meals. The reward is the amazing feeling of satisfaction that comes with having your meals planned out, knowing you won't stress out later in the week Hangry in front of an empty fridge. Make sense? Well, now that we're experts on the building blocks of habits, let's take a look at three ways that you can make good habits a part of your everyday life. But first, we're going to start with why. If you've listened to other episodes of It's About Time, you might have heard me say a time or two before that your why is the fire to get you started and the fuel to keep you going. Anytime you set a goal, launch a business, start a new project, embark on a new endeavor, and yes, even build a new habit, you've got to get crystal clear on why you want to do that thing. The thing is, without a clear reason, a deep why for doing what we do, it's really easy to throw in the towel and give up when the going gets tough. Some common reasons for giving up on new good habits... Maybe the habit was more about meeting someone else's expectation than something you actually really wanted. Maybe the goal was more superficial, surface level, than heart-focused. Or maybe your why just wasn't strong enough. In the book, The Productivity Project, author Chris Bailey spent about a year test-driving all sorts of different productivity hacks, figuring out what actually works and what doesn't. So one thing that he tried was getting up super early, 5 a.m., I think, because he'd read that so many great, powerful, productive, and successful people also wake up at the crack of dawn. But he hated it and realized that he didn't need to or want to get up at 5 a.m. His schedule allowed for writing and working later in the day and... Waking up at 5 a.m. didn't really match his energy. He recognized that he didn't have a strong enough why beyond, well, other successful people do it. So he stopped and didn't look back. So before you start applying life hacks or strategies to creating habits that stick, I challenge you to first really think about why you want to start that habit in the first place and make sure it's compelling enough to get you started. And keep you going. One way to really drill down into your why for starting a habit or anything that's new is to ask yourself why five times. Here we go with the meal planning example again. I want to start meal planning. Okay, why? That's the first one. Well, because I want to know in advance what we're having for dinner each night of the week. Well, why do you want to know in advance? There's the second one. Well, knowing in advance means I won't be so stressed out in the evenings. Why do you wanna be less stressed? So that's the third one. If I'm less stressed in the evenings about what's for dinner, then I'll be in a better mood around my family. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there, to have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at annadkornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Okay, well, why do you want to be in a better mood around your family? That's number four. Well, if I'm in a better mood around my family in the evenings, we can actually have good conversations and spend quality time together before bedtime. So why do you want to have good conversations and quality time? that's number five. Well, because my kids won't be this age forever. And I want to cherish these moments before they're grown and gone. Boom that's your why. We just took forming the habit of meal planning to its deepest heart level of why. And chances are your five whys will take you in a completely different direction. What's important is that you ask the questions, know your why, and keep it top of mind as you're starting your new habit. Even better... Let's say the example above with meal planning and wanting to cherish moments with your family is a perfect fit for you. You could set an alarm or reminder on your phone to go off every Sunday morning that says meal plan, cherish the little moments. And that not only serves as the cue you need to start meal planning, but it snaps you straight to your why and keeps you going. All right, so now let's take a look at those three ways that you can make your new habits a part of your everyday. First, don't just decide to start a new habit. Writing a habit down next to a row of checkboxes on a habit tracker is just not going to make it fit magically into your life. Instead of deciding, design your new habit. Really think through those three parts, the cue, the routine, and the reward, and design your habit with intention. What will serve as your cue for the habit, and how will you remember to do it? What exactly does it mean to go through the routine of the habit? Again, with the meal planning example, what will your meal planning process look like? Could you write out the steps? What does complete or finished look like? Same thing with other habits, like exercise or screen time. How can you be specific and actually determine what the habit, the action, actually looks like? It's when we take habits from vague ideas to specific actions that we can actually follow through with them. And finally, What's the reward that you'll feel after you complete the habit? With meal planning, if your five whys brought you to something like, because my kids won't be this age forever and I want to cherish these moments before they're grown and gone, like in the example I gave, then your reward might be the satisfaction of knowing that you'll be less stressed and therefore more present in the evenings. You'll have that to look forward to. And then once the time comes during the week and you're able to enjoy those moments, you feel being present. You feel the satisfaction of being able to cherish those moments. But here's the thing about starting new habits. Even when you carefully design them, they don't always stick right away. And sometimes you don't feel that internal satisfaction until you get into a good groove. But you kind of need that satisfaction, that reward in order to get into the good groove. It kind of becomes a chicken and an egg kind of thing. How do I reward myself for sticking with the habit if I don't feel the reward until I stick with the habit? This, my friend, is where treats come in or external rewards. Giving yourself an external reward for a little while Until you see the benefits and the internal reward kicks in, an external reward can be a great way to get into a good habit groove. For example, if you're starting out with meal planning, give yourself a little reward, like adding a candy bar to the grocery list or something else that gives you a feeling of accomplishment. And not all treats have to be food, of course. You could reward yourself in another way, but my mind usually goes straight to candy bars. The pitfall to watch out for is that external rewards only last for so long, and that's why knowing that heart-focused why is so important to creating your long-lasting internal reward. Okay, so if method number one is to design your habit with intention, method number two is to schedule your habit with intention. I've mentioned in the past that a few years ago, I used this goal setting workbook with a page each month for writing down habits you wanted to create. And it had all of these little checkboxes next to where you'd write your habit. So I would optimistically write down my habits and then never actually follow through with them. The disconnect was that writing them down next to checkboxes wasn't enough. I actually had to find time for those habits on the pages of my calendar. This is just another way that we can take the vague, aspirational idea of starting a good habit and actually take action. So when will you follow through on this habit? Does it match well with a specific time of day or day of the week? how can you find a home for this habit in the existing fabric and rhythm of your day? How can you make it easy on yourself? Find it, put it in your calendar, set a reminder, and follow through. This way, once it has a home in your calendar, whether that's a digital calendar or a paper planner, you can see it and you can see that you've created space for it in your day. And finally, Method number three, pair it with an existing habit. The research varies, but studies have shown that as much as 40 to 95% of our lives are based on habit. That means that there are already a lot of things in your life that are on autopilot. So if you're trying to start a new habit and it doesn't fit neatly into your schedule, find another habit and hijack it. Pairing a new habit with an existing habit can help serve as a cue to remind you to do the new habit. For example, I keep my vitamins in the cabinet with my coffee cups. The coffee is most certainly happening every morning and seeing my vitamins right next to my cups reminds me to take them. So think about the new habit that you want to start and think through your day. What existing habit could you pair with your new habit? And how could you set yourself up to remember the new habit? Here's an interesting example of habit pairing from one of my former one-on-one time management coaching clients. So this former client is a healthcare professional who has been on the COVID front lines since the beginning. And she's also in graduate school. So needless to say, there's quite a lot on her plate right now. So she found that her days at work always went smoothly when she started with prayer. But in the hustle and bustle of getting out of the house and over to the hospital, she didn't always take the time to pray before walking into work. So we did a mental walkthrough of her morning, and together we realized that she always stopped at the same stop sign at the end of her neighborhood before turning into traffic on her way to the hospital. So that stop sign became her cue and her reminder to say a prayer before work. Her internal reward was the peace she felt as she began her hectic and long days, but we also created an external reward. In the beginning, every morning that she stuck to her stop sign prayer habit, she rewarded herself with a special coffee from a nearby coffee truck. But after a while, she stopped getting the coffee because she realized she didn't really need it anymore to make the habit a habit. And finally, here's that bonus tip I mentioned. Tie the new habit you're starting to your identity. So what exactly does that mean? Well, it turns out that even the way we think about and talk about our new habits impacts our ability to stick with them. So instead of saying, I'm going to start meal planning, change that up to, I am someone who meal plans. Maybe you've never meal planned a day in your life and your first meal planning sesh is scheduled for this coming Sunday. But by tying your habit, meal planning, to your identity, being someone who meal plans, then you're going to be more likely to follow through when the time comes and to act in alignment with your identity. So give it a try with your new habit. I am someone who exercises three times a week. I am someone who puts my phone away at 8 p.m. Try it. Tie your new habit to your identity and see what happens. So to recap, putting yourself on autopilot with good habits can be a really amazing way to enhance your life, cut back on decision fatigue, and live better. A habit is made up of three parts. The cue, the routine, and the reward. Knowing your why, your heart-focused why for starting a new habit is the fire to get you started and the fuel to keep you going. And three ways to make your new good habits a part of your everyday. First, don't just decide to start a habit. Design your habit. Second, Schedule your habit into your day or your week. And third, pair your habit with an existing habit. And that bonus tip, tie your new habit to your identity. Make it a part of who you are and act accordingly. I would love to know what new good habits you're starting in the new year and what I can do to help. Head over to the It's About Time podcast community on Facebook and let us know, and we can cheer each other on as we kick off our fresh starts. You can find a link to the podcast community over in the show notes or by going straight to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash community. As always, all of the details from today's episode can be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 62. And while you're there, you can still grab your free plan with purpose checklist bundle that includes everything you need to plan your year with confidence, clarity, and intention. And if you want to jumpstart your resolutions, goals, or new habits with the help of a coach, I am here for you. I've opened up a limited number of spots on my coaching calendar in January and February for one-on-one power hour coaching sessions You, me, and one hour to dive in and tackle your biggest time management challenge, or create that plan you need to make those habits a part of your everyday and smash your goals in the new year. Plus, you'll get unlimited accountability access to me for two full weeks after our power hour for when you need extra support and a sounding board. There are less than 10 of these power hour spots available, and you can head straight to AnnaDKornick.com forward slash work with me to book your power hour before all of the spots fill up. I should also mention that this is our last chance to work together until at least June of 2021. I'm heading into maternity leave in March and I'm looking forward to spending some quality time with my family as we welcome our new little one and grow into being a family of four. So if you're on the fence, come on, jump off and let's do this together. And before we go, let me tell you a little bit about next week's episode, episode 63. I'm delighted to introduce you to Lauren Carnes, a photographer, communication strategist for creatives, a wife, mom, foodie, and so much more. Lauren embraces the both and in life and doesn't subscribe to the belief that you have to do just one thing and do it forever. I loved talking to her and I know you'll be incredibly inspired by how Lauren does life, where she places her priorities, and what had to be cut in order to allow other opportunities to bloom. All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you soon.